They even, like, fucking edited him throwing a fucking grenade through a hole, and it still looked like he fucked it up. Welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone you might have to temper your expectations for, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next up, someone who has ironed out all the details of this movie, Josh Zorch. Uh, I mean, if there's any details to care to iron out, possibly. Uh, next up, someone who is worth his medal in podcast goodness, Mike Bradley. I'm sorry. Um... Was that nice? That was actually nice. (laughs) You're on a streak for nice stuff, so... Well, no, we were on a streak for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, too. I I don't know that we were on a streak for nice, but we were on a streak for nothing, but you know what? I'll take it. Uh, And finally, someone who more often than not steals the show, Ian Leidick. They call me Big Willie because I got a Big Willie! (laughs) Simple, yep, to the point, sure, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, full disclosure, I'm going to say up front, uh, intro puns courtesy of Andy, who I would expect to be hitting us with puns all throughout this episode. Good work. Good work. <laughs> so, all right. So it's been a while. We're back for another Rewind Theater. Uh, I should have looked up to see when we did the last one, but I didn't. It was the uh, end of it's been a while. Has it been? Okay. I knew it's, we've been putting this one off for a while. I've, I've had no desire to get to this movie. Uh, but here we are. So it's been a while since we've done Rewind Theater. So mm-hmm. even if you're... First time viewing, if this is your f- or first time listening, I guess, uh, your first Rewind Theater episode, you may be asking, what the hell is this? Or, you know, if, since it's been so long, you probably forgot. Uh, so this is basically an excuse for us to get back together, uh, revisit some old comic book movies that we either haven't seen or haven't seen for a while. Our format for these has been to start with some of the comic book history for the movie we're on, since they're all based on comic books or graphic novels. After that, we'll talk about some of the people involved with transitioning that property into a movie. We'll go over budgets, box office gross ratings, if it's a first-time watch or rewatch for all of us. Uh, before we get into the discussion, I'll throw out the spoiler warning, and then we'll go to a 60-second summary, which one of us has volunteered to do ahead of time. Uh, we've revamped the topics a bit. Uh, we've been using them for, I guess, I don't know, the last couple, I don't remember when we sort of switched it up, but we used to do uh, five topics for our Rewind Theater discussion. We narrowed it down to three, so we're doing Direction Story, Characters and actors, and then anything else we missed falls under the third category. Uh, To try to keep us on track, we're giving a timer to each category. Uh, We're going to try to stick to 20 minutes for each of the categories. Once we go through all of that, we'll end the discussion with our movie rating, uh, see if the movie holds up. And then finally, to take the pressure off some of us, we leave it up to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! To pick what movie we're watching next. Um, so if you listen to the past episode, you'll know we're trying to stick to three franchises and three standalone movies on the wheel at a time. At some point, we may change that format depending on how stuff gets picked and what we want to watch. But as of right now, that's what we're doing. So either way, at the end of the episode, we will spin the wheel to see what we're watching next. At the end of our previous episode on TMNT, the wheel selected 1997's Steel, which is where we are. We've, like I said, we've put this off long enough. It's time to rip off, rip off the bandaid for this movie. Um, so we're going to kick off with the 
comic book discussion, Josh is going to give us a little school session for the comic book background. Okay, class, take your seats. We are talking about John Henry Irons, the character of Steel, created by Louise Simonson and artist John Bogdanovi uh, for DC Comics. Uh, Simonson is co-created among others, uh, I'm sorry, credited with co-creating among others Cable, Apocalypse, and Doomsday. Decent track record. And steel. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's 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 pretty impressive. Uh, the character first appeared in the Adventures of Superman number five hundred in June of nineteen ninety three during the Death of Superman event in the second arc that was known as Funeral for a Friend. Uh, the character uh, sort of origin story is that he is a weapons engineer for a private company. He fakes his own death to get away from that company when, uh, you know, of, of, of course, weapons fall into the wrong hands and are used uh, against innocent people. Uh, at this time, he relocates to Metropolis and is saved from a life-threatening situation by none other than Superman himself. Uh, soon after, following Superman's death at the hands of Doomsday, uh, he learns that his weapons are now on the streets of Metropolis and he fights to stop this. He creates a powered steel suit a la Iron Man, to mimic Superman's abilities, even including the House of L sigil across the chest and a cape. At the close of that uh, Death of Superman event in the final arc called Reign of Supermen, Steel is one of the four beings who attempt to make the public believe Superman is still alive to restore hope. Uh, John Henry Irons represents the Man of Steel portion of Superman's identity, each of the other three uh, uh, kind of uh, representing another piece of that. Uh, at the conclusion of that overall event, comic event in the uh, in, in, in October of 1993, uh, Kal-El returns, spoiler, and shortens uh, the character's name to just Steel, and they become allies. Uh, following this, Steel gets his own spinoff solo series uh, that starts in 1994, ran until 1998, the initial run was done by the co-creator, uh, Louise Simonson, and later taken over by writer uh, Christopher Priest. During that arc, Steele returns to his uh, home area of Washington, D.C., only to find out that his former employer has pursued him and his weapons are now in the hands of street gangs everywhere, because that's what you wrote about in the 90s. <laughs> uh, from there, the character continued to appear in... Uh, other crossovers and uh, uh, other solo books as a supporting character. Um, soon after his own solo book had launched, there was a crossover with Milestone Comics called Worlds Collide that he was a part of. But uh, following the cancellation of the solo books in 1998, uh, became a regular supporting character, uh, mainly with Superman stories and other Justice League of America titles and storylines. Uh, the character passes the torch of steel onto his niece Natasha eventually, but does put it back on from time to time, most infamously during the Infinite Crisis storyline. Uh, some of the other notable areas where he pops up is the Infinity Incorporated storyline in September 2007, the Reign of Doomsday in January 2011, the New 52 in September 2011, and DC Rebirth in mid-2016. 
because for the last 15-ish years, that's what DC does, is every couple of years just relaunch everything. Uh, but he has continued to be a part of, uh, even most recently appearing uh, by means of another actor in the current CW TV show, uh, Superman and Lois. Thank you, students. Class did, dismissed. Did he get his own New 52? It was kind of hard. Did he appear to, in one of the Superman ones? It was kind of hard to tell from what I was able to find. I, I With the New 52 specifically, he was definitely at the least around for the some other characters' arcs. I, I was not able to confirm whether he had his own. I actually did try to find that. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't think that Steel would get it their own straight series for the new 52 but yeah i don't i, don't, I, I also don't, wasn't aware he appeared at all not he yet didn't. not 100 percent sure oh he did he did not he did not okay yes but he he was very present and, and sort of like a series regular in in other titles um shout out to superman and lois i watched the first season and that character pops up i think in a really really awesome way i haven't started watching season two but that, I think that show is really good for anybody that's curious. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, all right, so who was involved transitioning this property into movies? So the movie is written and directed by Kenneth Johnson. Uh, he's directed a bunch of TV episodes and TV movies. His only other theatrical theatrically, theatrically released movie is Short Circuit 2. Mm. Oh, I love that movie. The second one? I don't, I don't remember the... The, I remember the first one. I don't know if the second one was any good. Oh, I don't man. remember. This. They might just blend together for me. I don't know. I like number two. Number two. <laughs> um, so, yeah. he it, it A lot of his IMDb is all TV-related stuff. This movie feels like a made-for-TV movie, but it was released theatrically, so we'll see. Uh, the film stars Shaquille O'Neal as John Henry Irons, uh, Annabeth Gish, Judd Nelson, Richard Roundtree, Irma P. Hall, Ray J., uh, Charles Napier, I think that's most of the notable cast. Uh, any guesses on the film's budget in 1997 for a superhero movie starring Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> I will again have to abstain because I saw that. Thirty Anybody? million. Okay, we have thirty. How much? Twelve. Twelve, Andy. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Uh, Mike was closest. It was $16 million. Uh, worldwide box office. I don't know if we want to take a guess at this. But it only released domestically. It did not go international. $30 million. So on a budget of $16 million, you think this movie made $30 million? $30 million. Okay. Anybody else? Um, 12. Still sticking with 12, all right? Yeah. Josh, Andy? I'm abstaining again. <laughs> I was going to bump up my guess. Everybody just gets the same numbers. Uh, you're all completely wrong. Uh, domestically, it made $1.7 million. <laughs> and that is it. Whoa. On a $16 million budget. So it did not do very good. Did they try releasing it in all theaters? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't look up to see how many theaters actually got it, but it did not do very well at all. Like, that's uh, close in the shell US numbers. <laughs> current uh not that they're going to change rotten tomato rating for the critic is 12 percent. audience is 19 percent. i couldn't even find the meta score and stuff on metacritic for this movie it's just not listed 
Other I stuff that I Shaquille O'Neal starred in is in there, but I did not find Steel. Hmm. Uh, going around the horn. Is this a first time viewing or rewatch for you, Andy? I feel as if I've saw I've seen bits and pieces of this, and like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. Watch it for about ten minutes and then turn it off. So. <laughs> So this is a, f- a first time through? I think watch. first time full set, yes. Okay. Uh, Ian, first time viewing or rewatch? It's not my first time seeing that Steel Factory B-roll, but it's my first time watching Steel. Okay. Well, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I get you. Yeah, the opening of the movie. I got you. you, have, you have... That was like uh, a, a gif, like, wasn't it? Like, that was, it was just a loop. That, could, yeah, could have been. How do you think Steel's made? It's a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, first time watch or rewatch? Definitely first time. Uh, Mike, first time. Yeah, this is a a first time watch for me as well. I feel like I feel like I might have at some point maybe seen bits and pieces on TV or something, and just really not thought anything of it. But yeah, I first time through definitely for for me. I feel like I saw one of the Shack movies, and after watching this movie, I'm like, I had to have seen Kazam then. <laughs> it's one of the other. Yeah, right? He only yeah. has two that you can think of. Uh, all right, so it is the time of the show when we're going to try to get into some of the discussion portion. Since we'll be discussing everything in the movie, I want to throw out the spoiler alert. If for some reason you've been avoiding spoilers for Steel for this long, pause us now and come back after you've watched the movie. Uh, if you would like to listen on anyway, right after the spoiler alert is our sixty-second summary which will hopefully give you enough of a general plot of the movie that you can listen to our discussion. So either way, spoilers to follow. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Spoiler! Wee-oo, wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so now that we got the spoiler alert out of the way, we're rolling into our 60-second summary. So again, the goal of this is to give you an idea of the plot of the movie if you care to listen along. Uh, we've also added the challenge of having to give the summary in under 60 seconds. So if you miss any details, you can rewind and try to listen to it again. Uh, Ian's taken another 60-second summary. So this one's for you. Do you want the countdown, or do you just want to roll with it? I count me in. I'll three, then go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Steel Factory to show us how it went down as the Doves of Peace fly over tanks shot by the world's most advanced rifle. And as all military testing goes, you use live rounds against human targets. Denthead sets the rifle to maximum power and kills a senator. Luckily, he's only discharged. Shaq retires and says hello to the whole hood. Our world-class engineer begins working in a steel factory to make steel for fun stuff. Big Willie, who's the head of Midway, sells weapons. Lieutenant Burke orchestrates a murder to show who's in charge. Some street youths knock over a bank. Shaq gets a steel suit of armor and Bruce Wayne's his way through L.A. A Craigslist meetup of the worst scum in the world leads to a throwdown where Shaq throws a grenade free throw, and at the end of the day, that souffle is so fluffy. <laughs> Nice. Well done. <laughs> Under 60 seconds, too. Well done. That's the movie. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, Alright, so we're good for the discussion now. So we have direction, story, characters, actors, and whatever else we want to touch on. Um, 20 minutes on the timer. Uh, any volunteers who wants to go first and what topic would you like to take? Alright, I'll go first. Alright, Mike, which one do you want? Um... Let's just rip the band-aid off a story right away. All right. Direction story, go. Um, 
you know, I, I, I like the arc that we got for Shaq missing free throws and finally making one. <laughs> I feel like that was a good story piece. Um, I don't know that we need to see it like five, six, however many damn times they have him miss shooting paper in the basket. You wonder if they baskets. only put it in there because it's Shaq. Like, if it was anybody else in the role, there's no way you would have seen that that many times. Nope. I, I can't say whether or not that's canon to the comics. I, I don't know if uh, the John Henry Irons in the comics can't make free throws or not. <laughs> I, I, did, not, I um, did not see that mentioned anywhere in the websites <laughs> that I looked at. Um, yeah, it, it just felt so fucking generic. Like, just every every bit of this entire thing from... All of it, the, the the villains, their their motivations, their like the motivation for our hero, um, nothing seemed right. He gets a fucking standing ovation at a VA for picking up a girl in a wheelchair with the wheelchair and walking out. He gets a Basically standing ovation. Basically her. He kidnapped her. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're like, yeah, take her away. Well, I, see, that, break our windows and carry her out. That's an issue with directing. The director said you're all mental patients. Well, this at is an insane asylum. <laughs> we accidentally put in the, the fill-in shot of, of the VA. Because I've seen that happen in plenty Arkham. of films. If someone breaks out <laughs> of the mental hospital and everyone celebrates. <laughs> But, I mean, we're talking about direction and story, right? Or are we characters and story? I don't remember. Direction story, yeah. Yeah, okay, I thought so. thought so. Um, it, it, you know, Ian said it in the summary there. Um, they're shooting a tank. First of all, they're shooting an expensive tank with live ammunition to test instead of just a hunk of steel to test stuff out on. And second, there's people inside it. What? <clears throat> Then their excuse is, oh, well, it's turned down. It's not at full. Just get, don't. Um, His ass got hot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I made a note of that. The first lines of the movie are, that's enough, that's enough, my ass is on fire. <laughs> to which they reply, I thought I smelled some nuts roasting. That was, yeah. that was a great That's how joke. you open the movie. That was a great <laughs> joke. That joke was better than any of those shitty 90s turtle jokes. <laughs> the, the, the disagree checked but the so so the, the also yeah so the idea that you you can make a weapon that goes to a higher capacity but it hasn't been tested yet but you can't engineer a weapon whose particular maximum capacity is just lower yes like just make if it okay if like if five has been cleared and ten has not just make the weapons maximum capacity five for the test the ten doesn't even have to be an option or even then they would have to remake the weapon I mean you could even <laughs> I don't know screw on some type of like bolt thing so that the thing yeah. can't be pushed above a certain level yeah but I mean Shaq's <laughs> busy inventing new alloys leave him alone he invented a <laughs> well, whole new alloy for this gun even Sarah called that out. <laughs> And there's issues there, too, when he comes back or like he comes and he says, like, oh, my tour ended as though he was like at war or something. He was a weapons tester. That's not a tour. You're not <laughs> in live combat. That's a tour. Well, th that was like, live combat, though. Those are live people getting shot at by live rounds. They're just fr it's all friendly fire, not like actual <laughs> no, enemy fire. It's a friendly. Fi I was on a friendly fire tour. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Nom. We've all been there. <laughs> It's just, that was just so awful. Um, 
the whole like how many times did they have to touch tips of their fingers and do do that in this movie? Okay, I loved it though because I was like, this is this movie's for kids, so they can't have sex, so they're just touching tips. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was like, I mean, if that's the case, they've had sex a I lot. I was like, in this fuck movie. that finger, bro. Get it. <laughs> to, to be fair, like it was, it was cute when they did it once, but she was paralyzed. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it, it, but. Every other time it happens, it's like, okay, that's enough. Is that in the comics, Josh? Is that like their is that their go to? The turtles say uh, Calabunga the and slap hands. Sparks. There's there's nothing nothing that I could see that even mentioned that that character was from the comics. I'm pretty sure, and I was gonna bring this just, up under characters, but I'm pretty sure that character was just completely bastardized for this movie, and they basically gave us Oracle. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was telling Jess. Is it's Oracle it's, it's Barbara Gordon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The killing joke. Like after the killing joke, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what it is. You just made me want to see Judd Nelson as the Joker. <laughs> but well, no, like, I want to see. But old Judd see Nelson Bender like, as the Joker. Oh uh, wow. Um, <sighs> there's just so much wrong. It's hard to know what to do with the complaints but it there's an arcade that's a weapons front this guy runs a kid's arcade and they're testing weapons upstairs downstairs and did you notice the turtles that is downstairs one sir (laughs) downstairs no it was upstairs no because she hits ll to go to the bottom floor the top floor is where his office is the weapons are downstairs that's why they insert the car and hit ll lower level upstairs when he kills her but see that's that's just them hanging out in the fun midway office. That's just Chicago in the nineties, brother. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. But yeah, this is—I mean, Midway did, was a front for weapon that... selling. No one talks about it. <laughs> did you You're notice the first up? bank no. that they rob and the arcade are the same building with the same sign with just different, like, it, probably like plastered on lettering. That's how they make a movie for sixteen million dollars. <laughs> I, I did not. Yeah, like it was the exact same building. The lettering, the font was the same. It was in the same place. All of it was exactly the same. I I, I would say that like, oh no, that's weird. I'll go back and see that. I'm not gonna watch it again. So, <laughs> but I take your word for it. It just there's so much wrong. Um, I guess direction. I want to make wise, sure we get other people in. You got anything else, real quick? Is there a place we talk about music? Yeah. Sound? I mean, everything else, we can throw that in there. Okay, for everything. Oh, then I'm good. Go for it. Uh, Andy, what do you got for Direction Story? So I was really impressed that what threw him into the fit of rage to go racing after these people whose guns he invented and tested was a cop that got blown over by the Sonic wave gun or whatever the hell that was. He pulled her out of the car. Went running like no one does this to my best friend, and then we literally never see her again. She's mentioned once or twice after yeah, that, but yeah, we don't, we don't get an update. We don't get we don't get any more FaceTime with her. I thought she was going to be this big character. Yeah, we get she nothing, did. absolutely nothing. Like I would have thought that she would have been in the other wheelchair at the black and blue restaurant at the end. I mean, anything, but literally, can we she, get nothing. Can she put together an IBM computer? I don't think so. <laughs> 500 megahertz oh my goodness <laughs> i must and, have had a fever dream at some point like but when i was watching this because i don't i don't know what i did i was i was watching and then all of a sudden he's in the cop car 
with her and the kids in the back and they're being driven. I did not see the, him meet her. I looked away. I, I did something. And all no, of a sudden, they, like, this they, character no, is just there. A... Yeah. I yeah, totally missed that's, it. Yeah. That's what that, happened. Yeah, there was that no was, setup to that. that. You didn't miss it. Yeah, that was the introduction right there. That was it. Like, was there even any, like, oh, we met each other. Now we're getting in the cop car. Like, anything? No. No, we didn't even know why they were in there until Shaq told us why they were in there while they were already in there. The only way you're ever going to get the answer to that question is if you buy the special edition DVD and watch the deleted scenes. Even more Shaq's position. (laughs) The extended edition. Which is somehow actually shorter. (laughs) It's It's somehow shorter. (laughs) I I also love how they have like infinite resources in the military to make all these weapons. And then he just goes to see his Uncle Joe. And Joe can get him what he needs because everything falls <laughs> off the back of a truck. Did he? Did Uncle Joe just steal all that shit? I, I, that's so what so I'm he just thinking. goes to his Jawas. No, he's got Jawas. He's got Jawas. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> buys it from people that steal it. Let's be clear. Yeah, that's what so I So he's asked. not actually doing the act of stealing. He's just getting no, it from he's, shady he's people. He's not asking where it yeah. comes from. Yeah. He's saying, we need this. Go get me. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it. So he's he's contributing to the criminal underworld that Steel is trying to stop. Yes. They commit, like, just as bad crimes in their world. Like, they forge signatures, break him out of jail and all this shit. Like, they do a lot of bad shit themselves. They, they knew that there was crime that was going to happen at the one place because, you know, like, and they knew that, like, Steel was going to, like, fall down off that building into the trash where in the alleyway where his motorcycle was going to be just waiting for him. Oh, yeah. Like, when that happened, I'm like, did he just steal a motorcycle? It seems really off for this character to be stealing a motorcycle. And then you see, no, like, this is built for him. And you're like, how the fuck did it get there? <laughs> you know what else pissed me off? He wields a hammer and never fucking uses it as a hammer. Not once. I was waiting for that the whole <laughs> Not time. Not fucking once does he use it as a hammer. Why even have a like, hammer? I don't just remember... have a fucking gun with you. Because his name I, I is don't John remember if Henry. I get that, but then use it as a hammer. Like when the car's coming at him, he could have just, you know, like slammed it into the fucking hood of the car and been like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> Josh, I don't know if this was in your comic book stuff or not, or if anybody knows the comic book character well enough, but does he use the hammer to shoot projectiles out of it? Or does he actually. Sw- I, I was under the impression he does swing the hammer in the comics. I, I, I yeah, I mean, the, the character, it seems like, with all, like, all intents and purposes was conceived. The, the the name was deliberate. So the point of it being John Henry with this steel hammer and, and whatnot, like that's part of it. And yes, as far as it being weaponized for like projectiles and whatnot, it didn't, I didn't go that deep, um, but it seems to be implemented more as a tool m- more than it okay. was. I mean, the, the, it was kind of used in certain like, strategic tactical ways this time like with the like magnetizing things at certain times and whatnot but yes i agree its main core function based on its fabrication as andy points out you you would think it would get used more swiss army hammer yeah i wanted to yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to use it like a sledgehammer and just start beating people yeah that's what i was expecting i wanted just one good belly hit just like (laughs) and somebody just go you know and, but he doesn't want to the kill hammer's people. handle look stupidly large. He won't kill anybody. He'll just yeah. break a bunch of their fucking ribs. He's that, that, that is all three forty pounds. That is a Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is your torso is now ten feet behind you, and your legs are just say- left there at the waist. I'm That's not saying get like a spinning, spinning like Olympic like start a throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a like a discus yeah, thrower. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to be clear, there's I mean like there's a reason that in the MCU they really only show Thor hitting like Ultron bots and creatures made of rock with the hammer and trolls. They don't really show him like full on blasting somebody in the face because it would just break them entirely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So same principle. Yeah. Yeah, same, that's what I mean. Like it's the same idea and but but he still goes still, up against has, it, there's other things hammers can do. Yeah, he goes up against a car, a Humvee. Um yeah, there's definitely else? opportunity for it. A manhole cover. Uh there's there's other, <laughs> there's other things he can do. A two with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Manhole cover. He wasn't up against the manhole cover. The manhole cover was up against him. <laughs> to be fair, the manhole cover is like level one boss. It's like the first <laughs> <Yeah>. one, <laughs> you know, on the lower pecking order before you hit like Humvee in level four. <laughs> in, 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 with his electromagnet, how come that didn't come flying at him? Yeah. yeah I, every time he turns that on, half the shit in the room should be flying at him. But no, it's just the hammer. <laughs> it's just the stuff he needs to fly at it. Right. Yeah. Um, Andy, you got anything else for direction story? I'm sure I'll think of other things, but those were the big ones. Okay. Uh, Josh, what do you got? Um, I think somebody, well, this, this particular writer director must have been very proud of himself or like if someone gave him a studio note for that opening training scene, uh, because Annabeth, uh, Gish's character, pretty much every single word was written in like military code name speak. Everything was given some kind of nickname or whatever. Like you're among the same people. Like you're not in a tactical operation. You can just say what the like what is happening. You mean the Robin Hood stuff? Yeah, it was all it Robin was Hood, like really all over the place. Um, so okay, so Judd Nelson's character is not even arrested for killing a sitting U.S. senator. <laughs> like we could have at least gotten some kind of like like breakout from custody or jail. He was arrested. That was kind a court martial trial. Yeah, that's a court martial trial. He should a, be put on death arrested, row. Though. He got arrested but, for but it though. Didn't, didn't like the general guy that check or steal, sorry, is what is walking out talking to say like, oh, they're sending him to Leavenworth. Didn't he say that as they're no, walking no, away? He like, said oh, he yeah, should gonna... be going to Leavenworth. Yeah, should be. Okay, like, I missed the should be part. I thought I, like I thought he's like, oh, they're sending him to Leavenworth. At that point in the story, I'm like, well. All right, they sent him to prison. He's going to go to prison and formulate a plan. Red Skull it, yeah. So, okay, okay I, I guess technically put under arrest to be put on trial for that action. Yes, perhaps. That's also not... A military trial is not an actual criminal trial. So that that's still murder. <laughs> so, I mean, you, like I said, you could have done that and it actually would have made more sense because now he has more motive to, like, after, like, he's broken out of custody or prison for being, you know sentenced for murder but whatever well he also kills three people in an elevator and nobody blinks an eye <laughs> well right but as far no as no one as gives the, like, a motive, shit as far as a reason for his okay. character like to then go do what he does as opposed to like oh you got court-martialed all right well i guess i'm gonna take down the world and make it a bloodbath like wait, okay <laughs> okay also yeah. brian that was an accident no one was murdered <laughs> that whole scene didn't even need to happen. There was no point to it. It's not like no. she was on his ass or anything like that. She was just well, like, this is dangerous. But that sets up his later turn on uh, Big Willie. Oh, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's just, he just kills everybody. Plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced Ian's going to give this a seven or higher. <laughs> um, the scene you mentioned earlier about like him picking uh, Sparky up in the wheelchair and whatnot, as he's like trying to break her mentally out of the mold, and he like bursts open that window. I was convinced he was going to like tell her like, "Now go fly." <laughs> or, or like, throw, or you throw her out. Like, legitimately, I... <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was ha- like. What was getting set up? Because if the whole thing is, I have opened this window that is already clear. Like, you're not seeing the sun any better. You're like maybe getting a breath of fresh air. Kinda. Is that like the whole thing that's turning her no, around? The window was dirty. <laughs> he set that whole thing up. Did you not watch the movie? Apparently not. It, you know, if more people watched this movie, there'd be a touch grass meme about that moment. Just be like him pointing, just touch grass. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud that the uh, the director wrote a bunch of urban youth dialogue for Martin and others to say. Like, that was just so <laughs> thick. Uh, we got a shaft joke, if everyone got that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ray J got it. <laughs> I think I missed that. Uh, the the um, I, I don't remember anybody's character names. The owner of the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. That, that's Uncle, the actor Uncle who Joe. played the original Shaft. Uncle Joe! Yeah, I knew that, Joe, yes. Yeah. Yes, and while they're talking about, like, making the, the initial hammer thing, like, he makes a Shaft comment. Yeah. Like, like uh, really lays I, it on okay. thick. I do remember that, and I it didn't even, it went right over my Which head. Which is also they even weird. do a facial reaction. What the fuck? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it's also kind of like a double entendre from what I remember, because he basically says, like, something about, like, be like, he prefers the Shaft or something like that. I th- yeah, I thought it was a, just a like a, he said he a liked dirty shaft perverted work. reference or something. I, I, I didn't I didn't get the whole I used to play shaft, shaft reference yes. to it. I went the other way with it. Yeah, okay. Yes. I got you. I mean, shaft itself as a name was meant to be that. So you're not terribly far off. Yeah, that's true. I still didn't connect the dots until just now, so <laughs> I'm I failed everything. Uh lastly I have uh grappling hooks. They tried. <laughs> Uh, why do they have to whisper when sh- when the his his grandmother's cooking? I don't know. Souffles, I, I, loud I, noises make the souffle deflate. That's a very well known like um <laughs> uh, thing in culinary. Yeah, not maybe in the culinary world. That happens all the time in cartoons and movies. That if you make loud noises around souffles, they deflate. That's a classic Looney Tunes gag. It's still in the oven. We don't have time in this movie to do all of that. <laughs> I've we got a big bang, big bang before. Josh, we had we had five seconds to show a new wheelchair being built. Okay, we got a lot going on in a short amount of time. <laughs> gotta get to the shooty shooty bits. Uh, I got two more. Uh, that grenade there at the end is the longest uh, uh, yes. exploding grenade in cinema history. I thought that too. Yeah. Uh, he also throws that onto just the other side of some rickety ass wood, wood wall. Yeah. Uh, it's still three feet away. You're just getting a lot of splinters and shrapnel. Now. He's yeah. wearing like armor. That, that's not he saving. covered up the child. Ray J. That they, this is all covered in the movie. Uh, speaking of splinters. Speaking of splinters, I said Judd Nelson goes down sort of like Shredder, with like a that big like thing wooden pier shelf thing kind of on top of oh, collapsing. Yeah. Uh, and I wish they hadn't actually made reference to this and just said Arnold, because I, I actually did kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice translator at the end. <laughs> um, that's it. All right, Ian, timer's going to go off, but I want to get you in. What do you got for a story direction? Uh, 
So, wow. They... No plot holes. Everything that's set up in this movie storyline-wise is covered. We get the black and blue <laughs> restaurant. We get the wheelchair coverage. We get Ray J going from, oh, I might be a punk to, hey, I'm reformed and want to be Robin now. Shaq goes from, I hate weapons to, I got to do weapons to, I hate weapons again. Everything's covered. Pure, tastic story. They nail it. Yeah, it's a little generic and basic, but it's a 90 Shaq movie. I'm not asking for cinema <laughs> classics here. I'm asking for you to tell the story they set out to tell, and they told it. Yeah, he doesn't use the hammer like a fucking hammer. It shoots. Let's fucking use it as a gun. No shit. <laughs> so my only real issue is is that they got all these advanced weapons and shit, but none of them kill anyone. Like they shoot <laughs> that guy with the one eye like four times and he lives. Like they shot him up like he was fifty cent and he's still walking around, you know? Like no yeah. problems. So that, And these are also the lasers that also cut through bank vaults. Different laser though, you can tell because that's a straight laser. These are circular lasers they shoot out of the guns. This is oh, almost like okay. a pew pew. Pew, 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 <laughs> So, I mean, really, and then the directing was fantastic. He really found a way to bring in the connection of music and art together in a, <laughs> in a very special blend that's um reminiscent, honestly, of James Gunn. I really, I really enjoyed how well he masterfully blended the sights and the ears. It was fantastically well done. I feel like Ian has mistaken his HBO Max programming and accidentally watched the last episode of Peacemaker and thought it was Steel. <laughs> and I changed my initial guess. I think Ian's going to give this an eight or higher. <laughs> just based on oh, the only <laughs> the only issue might be that the Lieutenant Burke is only dismissed for killing a senator, and it's not like an honorable. It's not a dishonorable discharge. He's just dismissed. Which yeah. isn't a real way to exit the military, but whatever. <laughs> you know, they, they used up all their jargon in the beginning. I get it. I get it. So, yeah, fantastic movie that really brought to life Shaq is a big, powerful man who can't hit free throws. <laughs> um, I don't have too much to add. I, I think the I think I mentioned earlier, the direction just felt like a made-for-TV movie to me. Nothing felt like this should have been released theatrically at all. Um, And I don't know. It makes me wonder why this guy... You know, whether this was like, hey, this is going to be a big break, big break, so let's make this movie. Or if he actually cared about the character and decided to write and direct this movie, I don't know where the connection there is. I think some of the issue might be, too. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but one of the executive producers was actually Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I, I feel like maybe he had like some, yeah. Well, so maybe he the wanted way, to make this movie like, and he. Yeah. Shaq's famously a Superman fan, right? That's why he has yes. the Man of Steel yep. tattoo, which they show in the movie. Yes. yes. So, so he couldn't probably be Superman, so they gave him this character, and he's like, I'm going to make this movie. Well, also think of it, so remember from the background, the, the character was only introduced like three years before they actually made the movie. It was yeah. invented in oh, 1993. Right. Okay. So, okay. Um, it, what... I didn't mention this because this is more like cinema development, but a couple things that I saw mentioned that long, I guess, but in... In between trying to do Superman Lives, that never happened with Nick Cage, yeah. for a while they were trying, after after the release of the Superman, Death of Superman comic, they were trying to adapt that. That languished in development hell for a couple years, didn't happen, and they moved on. The idea initially was, okay, we have this Steel character, maybe not with Shaq in mind yet, but they could introduce him in a small role of some kind as mentioned in the comics 
storyline in a Death of Superman movie and then spin this off to basically follow follow that. And I got to say, actually, the story, from what I can tell that we saw in the movie, does kind of follow the initial arc, in a way, of the Steel story. Like, the, some of the, those main pieces are there. Street games, getting, getting weapons and stuff. Off the streets yeah. and doing all this stuff. Yeah, so they kind of borrowed a lot from that. Um, they kind of invented other characters like fake Oracle and Judd Nelson's character to, you know, just play their roles and whatnot. Um, but I feel like it, if it would have been like some part of something bigger, maybe like the, the wheels were already in motion and they just kept, you know, decided to ride it out instead of canceling it. We could have lived in a universe with like Val Kimmer's Batman, Shaquille O'Neal's Steel and Nick Cage's Superman in a crossover event together. The things are, like this is, this is the multiverse that the DC needs to give us next we're, we're, we're getting michael keaton back and things this is what i want uh yeah i don't really have too much else to add so we'll, we'll move on to characters and actors uh andy i'll let you take this one to start okay characters and actors let's go with the grandma first feel like okay. she's the only one it. that actually had an entire arc like she <laughs> like she set down a goal at the beginning she got the gold done at the end. She had a restaurant. She made her fucking souffle. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's the only one that like actually competently completed what she meant to do during the movie. You're not wrong. Yeah. Good call out. Um, the general was a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Same with Steel. I, as soon as you know that those weapons are on the street, who the fuck do you think put them on the street? Like, come on. Yeah. There's, there's one guy you've met that's been dis disgruntled and had a hand in making these weapons more powerful. Come on. Right. And um... which. OK, so give give my like prison break idea another whirl that solves that problem. Now it's just a matter of like getting to him and finding the channels and whatnot. Right. That would that would have worked. Uh, Shaq was oh, un un unwatchable <laughs> in this. <laughs> there's a reason he has not continued as a movie star. Right. It just. The line deliveries, just his movements, his mannerisms, just everything just wasn't great, in my opinion. Um, I thought his buddy, wheelchair buddy, I don't know what you would call her, Sparky, uh, Sparky did, a, did yeah. a decent job with what she had, but their their characters' arcs, you, like at the end, you would expect instead of like this great big giant hug, like he would, you know, I don't know announces love for her or you know just give her a kiss or i don't know something more meaningful than let's hug it out <laughs> it did seem like the movie was going that direction yeah it did like like both his grandma and his uncle joe were like oh yeah she's she's like the cream of your crop over there like yeah you should you yeah should do this you can't do better yeah <laughs> yeah <but> basically <laughs> um Judd Nelson was okay, but I, he was like, I think Mike said that he was very generic. He, he yeah. had no motivations that I could really know other than just, you know, his lust for power. You can only do as much as they give you to work with. Like, like he can't write lines for his character to make sense. Right. I mean, that's also at the very bit. That's just Palpatine's. <clears throat> he just lusts for power. It's a very <laughs> good thing to go to. Uh, one of the 
guy I thought did the best and seemed the most natural at what he was doing was uh, Richard Roundtree. I thought seemed the most. Yeah, I agree. The most. Yeah. I, I don't know. Not dialing it in. I guess he just he he felt like he was Uncle Joe to me. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job with that, but. Um. You got anything else or I'll turn it off or, you know, send it off to somebody else. I think else. the only other thing I want to say is the kid that he catches in the train yard, Cutter, I think his name was. Yeah, Cutter. They, they tell him, he, he like, he looks out the, the window to see, to see Steel running away. And that's literally the only thing we ever see from him again, even though they said to eliminate him or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. Killed off screen, presumably. Killed off screen. Yeah. Presumably. We. We have no idea if they actually followed that. Or, or not. No, we do guess, because he tells Slash. Yeah, when they sit on the like bench. Yeah, like when he's eating the hot dog. Yeah, they 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 mention it, but you're right. There's see, I told you, all that, of these are up. wrapped up. There's no plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he gets so mad that he fed him a pork hot dog. He was so fucking mad about that pork hot dog. <laughs> Well, yeah, like muscle. He's, bu- he's busting out the gats on him. He's like, "You motherfucker, gat!" I goes against <laughs> his religion. That was really probably the most evil thing Burke did in the movie. <laughs> Little dick move. And, and that's that's it. I, I'm I know, passing the baton. I well, I'm not meaning to take the baton. I just wanted to say another thing about Cutter. Um, in that scene, how many times did we need to see trains hook up? Oh yeah, well it was dramatic, I, right? You almost get squished by hooks every time. I, I well, honestly only. I feel like you weren't almost getting many. squished by hooks. Well, see, the, one, we had to set it up like over the... how powerful it is because the last one that almost gets Shaq was going right for his junk, and then yeah. he would have ended up <laughs> also not only would have gotten his junk, probably gone through his spine, and he would have been paralyzed just like Sparky. So did anybody else expect yeah. him to do like uh, uh, a Johnny Cage split jump? And like land back on. No, I did not expect Shaq to do that. No, I can't say that I ever pictured Shaq trying to do that. No. I was surprised he was jumping fences. (laughs) To be fair, they don't actually show him jump the fence, they just show him fall off of it. Which is still impressive for a man that tall. (laughs) Is it? He's just stepping down. I mean, with though with he's he's four years, four or five years in the NBA at this point, his knees are probably already fucked. (laughs) <laughs> uh josh what do you got for characters and actors um i am glad that people like annabeth gish uh like long before she got like okay they they were working actors they got a part uh judd nelson good on him he got a role that's nice um to give you context i i just happened to see here that Sh- uh shack was nominated for the Razzie for the worst actor this year, <laughs> he did not win. Nineteen ninety seven. Uh, oh. Yeah. So at the ninety eight Razzie Awards, um, the the that team, whoever the voting body on that is, felt that Kevin Costner in The Postman was worse than Shaq in Steel. Not even fucking close. <laughs> Has anybody? Yeah, ever I seen can't imagine that Postman? being true. Good God. I've not seen it, but there's no way that's true. Right. Well, I think the expectations played a role there. Oh, sure. Your expectations for Kevin Costner are to be good, and your expectations are for Shaq are to be Shaq. <laughs> really curious what the other nominees were for that year. Uh, For just the actor? Yeah. Uh, John Voight in Anaconda. 
Yeah, oh, Steven was, Steven Seagal <laughs> in Fire Down Below. Yeah, which it doesn't Steven matter what Seagal movie. Steven Seagal in anything is a candidate. Yeah, Steven Seagal in anything, yeah. Uh, and Val Kilmer in The Saint. Oh, that yep. was a good movie, uh, too. I didn't think... I like The Saint. Yeah. I'm with Andy on that. Yeah, Saint, Saint doesn't deserve to be there. It may well, not have aren't... been his best acted movie ever, but, I mean, it, it was a good movie. Yeah. I mean, they gave the award to Kevin Costner over Shaq. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they felt like he was punching give... down. They just, maybe they just really wanted to give Kevin Costner an award for once, and that was the only way to do it. Oh, they rip! Apparently, they ripped maybe. the Postman to shreds that year. It got like worst <laughs> screenplay, worst director, Kevin Costner. Yeah, it, they it did was, not like that. That was right after. I want to say that was right after the um, probably like the one right after Waterworld. Waterworld, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Everyone hated Waterworld so, so much <laughs> that you know. I like both those movies. If you guys, if all right, we have homework. After watching <laughs> Steel, go watch The Postman. It's a decent movie. And Tom Petty's in it. He is. He is indeed. Uh, okay, my notes for actress characters. Uh, really? With like the HR inspector hot girls in the steel mill? I, I don't know what they were doing there. Why? They were there because we needed to think Shaq was hot. I, I suppose. They were attracted to him. Like, oh, look at Shaq. He's hot stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's how you walk around a steel mill. Yeah. But I mean, they, they had the, the hats on, but they're yeah, in like that's tank all you tops. need for protection when you're walking by a smelter. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Judd Nelson has a moment where he says accidents happen uh, when his test gun in the arcade lab like burns that dude's eye and whatnot um he said <laughs> yeah. accidents happen i completely went to john bender screws fall out all the time the world is an imperfect place total i got real uh practice maybe that was his inspiration that. uh it's like the, the the delivery is like the same just something about the tone of voice um i just want to call this out so the guy who ends up getting killed by the grenade in the end, on the other side of that wall, his he's an actor named Kevin. I'm gonna I don't know how to pronounce Gravu. Perhaps uh, plays the character of Singer, uh, Judd Nelson's like right hand man. He becomes that yeah, he's dude. The Underworld. Yes, he's he yeah, is yeah. like the main slash co creator of Underworld. Yep, mm-hmm. and he yeah. appears in the first movie and has a a bigger role in the uh, Rise of Like Lycans prequel. Yeah, um, John Hawks was in this for like 13 seconds which was amazing he's like the mugger oh yeah I that he, him. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah, looks right. so young and i was like i saw him <laughs> in the credits somewhere i was like oh my god john hawks that's amazing uh i will say as a character name john henry irons that's a pretty, that's a pretty good comic book name i like it i dig it i like it uh oh i like the rookie cop who in like his first scene or two just thinks that everything is so cool and fascinating and badass. <laughs> he just wants to be Batman. Yeah, I love that guy. It is. I'd yeah, do he way actually, more of him. He was pretty good. Um, I I told yeah the junkyard Batcave, uh, which I, again I'm like I'm sad that they just didn't leave some of the inferences there that like someone later directly says like something like where did he go? He disappeared, and someone like offhandedly says I don't know maybe he disappeared to the Batcave. Yeah, that was the rookie cop you just praised, you dingus. <laughs> well, that is not his fault, because that was the writer giving him that line. The character itself was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I wrote down Junkyard Batcave before he said that, um, and I like the double secret entrance that's like automated and shit. Um, oh, and later there was a dog. I liked that. 
Um, as far as the actors themselves, I will admit, I don't know what it was that I was not actually hating like my watching experience for about the first half hour or so. It wasn't great, but I didn't hate it until he became steel. Yep. <laughs> so the whole point of the movie kind of like I, well, I, I expected him to become steel. I didn't know the backstory, so I didn't know what was happening. I thought he was going to like become steel within the first 15 minutes. And then it, you, it really took you like a half halfway through the movie to get there. That whole back half, once he is in the suit and doing shit, was much less enjoyable for me than the whole first half that was just more like character driven. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, Speaking but the, the actors suit, and whatnot themselves, it... yeah, like you guys said, they tried to do their best as far as they could. I it, it, the suit to me is a hilarious point because he gets shot at by multiple people with automatic weapons. Nobody hits him anywhere in the exposed that he actually face. isn't covered. <laughs> yeah. It's like his neck and part of his face is not covered. All these bullets just magically miss that spot. Because that's that makes sense when you're putting together a suit of iron or, or you know, suit of armor. Special alloys. Really vulnerable spots completely uncovered. Yeah. It, the lower jaw isn't important. Your neck is. That was there was some chain mail there probably. <laughs> a gorget. Uh Mike, what do you got for characters and actors? Uh, that hasn't been said already. Not a whole lot. Um, you know, Judd Nelson, I was waiting for him to be fucking harsh, and he never was. <laughs> so it, it didn't, hey, didn't he come through. gave that guy a pork fucking hot dog. How much more harsh <laughs> That's do true. you want? I mean, had he done it, like, that, that would be like today, in today's movie, if they remade this very movie, like, it would be like, oh... Instead of it being like pork to turkey, it would be like vegan or something would be the problem. Yeah, it's supposed and to be like tofurkey like, or tofu. Yeah, th this yeah, is an impossible like, oh. dog, and it's actually a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, like, you lied to me. Mike, I don't, I, don't, I, don't if you're, I don't know if you're not understanding. That guy really did not want a pork hot dog. <laughs> again, again, it was a religion I, thing. I get it. calories. <laughs> Wait, it was a religion yeah, thing? Where did you draw this from? Where? What proof of that is there? clearly an allegory to the Black Panthers. Who had a very big Muslim sect in them. We all know this. That's clearly what they were going for. I don't know how no one else caught this. <laughs> no one not else everybody on reads Earth, so not deeply even the people these movies who wrote it, do. caught it. Um, I... I don't know. Like uh, uh, Characters that were good... I guess we haven't talked about Willy. Big Willy. Was he good? He had He had a cool scar. He was awful. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Did you see the way he Wait. ate that toothpick? Gauntlet thrown. That's true. He did have a toothpick. Which one was he? I couldn't. I, the, the money man. I... owner. Okay. All right. Um, He was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was mostly just bad. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of something good to say, and it's already been said about Uncle Joe and... Grandma, she was great. She was. Um, but the rest of it is just. Oh, there is one that I did like. The other cop, not the rookie cop. The other cop. Oh yeah, like yeah, the, the one who doesn't uh, give him up in the lineup. Yeah. Yes, yeah, senior cop. That uh, was yeah, that was cool. actually one of the only good scenes in the movie. 
Yeah. And you can actually expand on that. The the couple that he returns the goods from that yeah. John Hawks like steals was actually mm-hmm. pretty that, that couple was actually pretty decent. But also if you have the gun, do you really need to ID him? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Mike, you got anything else for characters and actors or I'll go to Ian? Nothing. No, Ian, go ahead. What do you got? My only problem with Shaq is is with the very beginning when he's lifting up the falling house on Sparks. He cannot do an intense face. He just couldn't <laughs> force that. Like, they needed to have him actually lifting because it didn't seem like a real struggle for him. He just, like, felt like he was trying to clench his face because that's what you do when you struggle. See, he just they, they did try to have him actually lift something, but they couldn't find something heavy enough because he just is that strong. True. He was just, the, they couldn't uh, have brought the tank over. I get it. <laughs> he, he did it with the tank and they were like damn it we don't know what to do but that. other than that like other than some minor facial things like that Shaq killed it throughout this movie he was fantastic <laughs> probably one of the best basketball actors of our time if not ever like better than Michael Jordan um, better than Detlef Shrimp like this guy can act he's got some chops like I really was he better than LeBron in the new Space Jam didn't see it won't watch it uh, Judd Nelson Same, Judd but... Nelson was amazing he oozed evil sleaze 80s excess, and I loved it. Yes, it takes place in the 90s, but who cares? <laughs> He's living the dream with that character. Um, the young, the senior young cop combo was great. Like, they could have a spinoff movie, and I'd watch it. Like, they just knew how to banter back and forth. Uh, <laughs> uncle Joe was just everyone's uncle, and you could tell. And that's what he says. <laughs> Everyone calls me Uncle Joe. And I'm like, I, I get why. Um, obviously this isn't Ray J's biggest performance, but he did blow his load at the end. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I figured he'd work it in there somewhere. <laughs> um, I was confused about, um, the guy, uh, you guys pointed out was in, um, Underworld because I'm like, there's no way that's his real voice, right? That's his real voice. I was yeah. convinced they were doing something to it. So hats off to him for surviving this long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel, and I could be wrong. I feel, and I feel like once you get to Underworld, it's actually like deeper and more gravelly. Yeah, it is. It might be a put on for the werewolf thing in Underworld. Very, like, very well could be. But he even could be doing it on as purpose, many times as I've is unnecessary. But oh yeah, like as many times as, I, as I've seen that movie, I sometimes have a hard time understanding what he's saying. Yes, it's that. It's yeah. that uh, to that degree. Uh, to your uh, basketball actor comment, uh, the same. Rozzy year that we were discussing earlier uh dennis rodman did win a couple of awards for that double team movie with jean-claude van damme i remember <laughs> that movie it was fucking terrible so so they determined that uh he was worse th- than shaq because he he won the award and, and shaq was sadly only a nominee accurate uh and you got anything else for characters actors so, like i said it? all these characters went through different development and progressed through the story either accepting their new disability or learning to hate the love to hate the weapons they created or just chasing that power like palpatine himself or opening <laughs> up a mixture of french soul cuisine everyone's story mattered and it paid off in the end even ray J's. I don't know how to follow that one. Uh, so the, uh, I don't know. Shaq, Shaq, he's not great, but <laughs> the dude tries. I like, I give him an A for effort. He tried. I, I, so maybe it's just something with the character. Like, I feel like he looks the part. Like, just tall, big guy. I could see that just 
playing for the character, but everything after that, I don't buy him as a as a person that can engineer the kind of tech that he needs to make for this suit or the weapons or any of that stuff. It just I can't buy it. Um, it took me like two days later after watching the movie to figure out where I've seen uh the girl that plays Sparky, yeah. and she showed up in X Files before yeah. near the later seasons. She's it, been in a lot. Yeah. I, she looks familiar, but X-Files was the one that clicked for me. Like, oh, that's what she's from. That's what I remember her from. She was good. I think she did fine with what she was given. Um, Judd Nelson was also fine. He didn't have a lot to work with either. Richard Roundtree, I think, was the one that stood out for me. He was the one I liked the most. He was just fun to see on screen. He seemed like he was actually having fun in the movie. Um, the grandmother was good, too. Not that we saw a lot of her, I don't feel like, but she was she was good. Uh, Ray J was fine. Everybody else was fine. Nobody else really stuck out to me. Um, yeah, that's about all I got for characters. I can't think of it. Nothing else is really, it, it's very mediocre to mediocre to bad. I think for most of these people. And something I don't ever really remember is honest to God, how young Shaq was at this point. He was only born in like 1972. So he's like 20 like he, I think he went from high school right to pro, so like he was already he played in, in the NBA. What he he did not. Well, okay, so, but he he was already a big thing in the NBA for a number of years yeah. at a very 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 young age. It, his first year in the NBA was 1993. Okay, so okay, so he's twenty so four years, twenty two to twenty twenty to twenty one when he actually joins, like depending on his birthday. So. You know, it, I don't know. I, I think I'm with Brian a little bit. Like, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's like 23, 24 years old making this thing. You know, and not an actor. No. So he's he's trying, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just he's not. Not that I've seen a lot of stuff with Shaq in it. I haven't seen Kazam. Was this or Sh- before or after Kazam? Kazam? Shazam. What Kazam. the hell's the other one? Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. Was it before or uh, after? Before. It was the year before. So Kazam was after this. They let him do this no, no, and no, they no. made another Kazam, movie. No, Kazam was the year before this. Oh, that okay. was first. So, so, I so not yes. Seen that, so I can't well, I don't know which is better. One of those got made, and then someone wanted him to do something <laughs> else. I, I Kazam, I remember being slightly popular when it came out. Like I remember as a kid, like people like, oh, you know, Kazam, it's a thing because it was marketed as like a kids' movie, right? And so, like, it gets that pickup, whereas Steel wasn't marketed as anything. I, I don't remember seeing anything about this. I should be like, curious. Like, I didn't do it before this, but I kind of want to just go back and see if there's a trailer for this movie. Like, how do they market the movie? What did the trailer look like and feel like? Did it look like a family movie, or did it look like this is your, you know, uh, teenage superhero movie that everybody's into? Like, like would they have, would they have marketed this like a Batman or Superman movie? Or would they have given it just some sort of family-friendly vibe to it? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious. Um, all right, so we'll spoon off to the everything else category. Everything else we haven't talked about, anything else we want to talk about, uh, this is where we hit it. Uh, Josh, do you want to start this one? Or yeah, do you wanna... I got a couple. Okay. It's a short list. Um, I uh, I said I didn't think it was too bad of an, uh, an attempt uh, uh, for explosions at that initial bank robbery that happened. It was it was like, okay, it, it was some effort. Um, did you guys notice in the arcade scenes at that building a lot, there was always a shot of at least two Batman Forever cabinets 
Yes, I saw the Batman Forever. <laughs> no. <laughs> like there was typically like one in between because if they were right next to each other, you wouldn't be able to see the details on both simultaneously. So it was like here and then like kind of edged around the corner, like two or three cabinets down. Uh, yeah. So also keep this. I looked at this was released like six or seven weeks after Batman and Robin. So DC Oof. was trying to really push things that summer. What year? What Another year note was about Batman Forever, Forever was, was 95. 95. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was thinking it was 96 for yeah. some reason. It, th- those those arcade machines, Batman Forever, little known fact, or well, widely known among gamers, one of the worst games ever made. I didn't know it ever existed until like, I, I, I also didn't know if it was like a fake thing just made for this movie. I've never seen no, it. it. It existed <laughs> and it was an abomination. I mean, those were all real cabinets they had. Okay. I feel like, uh, which yeah, I, I could like, believe. I feel like we tried to play that at Replay Effects, and it was just as awful as we had heard. Was it ever? I mean, so it was <laughs> like an, in the arcade cabinet, or like Mike, you played it like on yeah. a home system later or something. It was. It was both. Okay. And it like it it was marketed like oh man, it's a new Batman game and all that. And then you go in and it's fucking Mortal Kombat, but not fighting game. Like it it the it controls like Mortal Kombat, where you like. It's it's so stupid. It is it very is... dumb. <laughs> oh, take your words for that. Um, oh, I thought the gospel song number during the Iron Man montage <laughs> in which he's like creating the initial suit. Um, I liked the music, but I thought it was a very odd pairing. It did not go with I think the, the music in general for this movie this movie is very odd like it works for like if you just listen to the music and think 90s it hits a lot of boxes yeah like the, the if basic... you overlay the music over what's happening in the movie you're like why the fuck would you pick this that, that's fair I thought, can we I have the... a talk with John Williams about intellectual property rights <laughs> um, I thought the like the basic score did what it needed to do for a movie like this at the time but um, yeah like the gospel song was like oh it was enjoyable but right i was like this is a weird choice i definitely made a note too for when he's chasing cutter to the train station that music just felt like it didn't fit what the hell was going on and i don't know what it the hell song it was oh, i loved it. it yeah it was it was so fucking weird for the the chase <laughs> oh, sequence of the but movie then it would turn suspenseful though when he someone almost got hit by a train then it'd go back <laughs> it was fun like that fun dynamic of doing the twist <laughs> I just imagine you watching this movie like, whoa, 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 <laughs> just constantly twisting in your seat. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, I, Ian had so much more fun yeah. watching this, than I think, than the rest of us did. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those are my only notes. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you have for everything else? I think you wanted to talk um, about music before, didn't you? I just wanted to really question whether or not they went to John Williams to discuss the main theme for this movie and whether or not he was okay with it because a solid portion of that score is just straight stolen from Superman. I I did um, get that hint. I was I was reminded of Superman theme listening to that whenever it popped up. Yeah, I get that it's intentional and it steals, you know, tangentially related to Superman steals. and everything like that, but I would really rather have his own theme song. Um, yeah, it's best. Uncle Joe's favorite sport. Yeah, like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq Uncle does Joe's his own junkyard. He has an album. I, I kind of want to go and find Uncle Joe's junkyard and buy a bunch of the shit he had out in the junkyard, like the little like the junkyard or the path pit. to the junkyard of all the cool shit. 
<laughs> all the cool shit outside the, of the, the, the shit where he had like little characters made of junk yeah. i was like that's fucking cool i want some of that stuff like that that's awesome stuff <laughs> and they never mentioned like oh uncle joe does art with his junk that would have been like a cool little like i don't know something just to be like oh hey or i don't know but it was cool that was one of the things in the background that doesn't get talked about that i'm like that's kind of neat um movie gained a half a point for you from that <laughs> no <laughs> No, it did not. Um, if they had that as, like, um, merchandise I could buy. Like, I, I keep seeing, like, one that was, like, brake rotors and stuff like that with bolts and all that and had a face and was all happy. If I could go and buy that, it would get that half a point. I can't. I just see it in the movie and I can't have it for myself. Yeah, Zero points It's been 20 years. They never had it for sale. Never. There's no way they sold that. We know this. They were too busy they selling did, shafts. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Why didn't Ray J ever get to hold the shaft? <laughs> I, I, I'd also like to He's point so out... He's so proud like, of himself <laughs> after that one. <laughs> as, um, as the movie is titled, and as we discussed earlier, he creates a new alloy. And yet the movie's called Steel, which is a known alloy. <laughs> That we're dealing with. Um, it just seems kind of like, all right, well, is it even steel? And his name's Irons. Uh, yeah, which is also not steel. He doesn't iron yeah, his shirt. Very confusing. We're all just related <laughs> to metal. That's good enough. Yeah, it, it was just like metal puns. The movie, in some sense, right? Um, that's why Andy loved it. <sighs> there's just so much that's. How, like I think you mentioned it in the in your sixty second intro there, when he first arrives back in L.A. He spent they spend so much time with him just walking down like giving a pound to some random kids, and it's like how many different kids does he do we have to see him interact with on the streets of L.A. I don't need to like, and they came back to it. Like they cut away, had other stuff happen and they come back and he's still doing this walk through LA. And it's weird. Cause it's, it's only like, children. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kids roaming the streets. It's like, what, what, why do I need to see this? Like you established this already. We already did this once. Why are we doing it again? We had the footage that, that just bothered me. Um, people really also, want I want to eat chat. grandma's souffle. It looked good. At the end, that last one she made, it looked good. I would have ate the others too because it's grandma. You got to eat her food. But <laughs> that 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 last one, that, that I want a piece. But that, uh, that's all I've got. Okay, uh, Ian, what do you got for everything else? So one big issue is so many of these explosions were just fire with noise effects added on. That that really hurt. <laughs> little me. like pop flares and there stuff. There were some losing points off. on the explosion. Yeah, score. it wasn't a great explosion movie. Like even the best explosions were really just fire done well and not it so we call that i also did not appreciate when shack i don't remember when he does it but i think it's near the end he pulls off the um hammer from his back and it's very clearly a sword unsheathing sound being played when he does it and i was very upset by that i was like i know that sound that's an unsheathing sound from the turtles movies like fuck you <laughs> i i noticed that too and that was just like why did it make that sound? <laughs> no re he doesn't even unsheath it like from his back or something. He like just tucks it out. Like then what? Shouldn't even be a noise, probably. Well, it was like magnetized to his back, wasn't it? 
I don't even know what the magnet was on. No one, because they didn't cut to a computer to show us whether or not it was on. Which <laughs> <laughs> was the only way you could tell when it's on. Um, That's true, because we, we all don't know how magnets work. They had to show us electromagnet active so that we understood why everything that was metal the exposition through the computer him, yeah. for everyone watching the movie. Otherwise, yeah. it's magic, yeah. just like ICP taught us. Um, I felt real bad for Shaq and his knees, because he's doing a lot of moving around in this, and you just knew they were ready to <laughs> explode. He didn't have a long time. Um, Maybe there were better explosions I, in Shaq's I, knees I, than in the movie. I did look this up. The long jump record shown on screen, not only accurate, still the current long jump world record. Hmm. So, good to know. Yeah, they, Shaq can do a longer long jump while wearing all that armor. Someone looked that up and actually included it in the film. Um, <laughs> or they got lucky. 8.95 meters is a great guess if it's if that was a guess. <laughs> um. And this is before Google. I didn't understand why Shaq was... Now, I guess it's kind of story, but I forgot about it. But he goes from being a world-class weapons engineer, and he's like, steel mill? Like, there's a lot of engineering jobs you could apply yourself to after leaving the military that don't involve weapons. Um, even Tony Stark moves away from weapons. He just scraps it, even though it's the most profitable division he has. Realistic, no, but possible. Um... There was one real confusing scene. Uh, Shaq is on the is on a like a phone call, I suppose, with like the general or something, and he like smashes this thing. But I couldn't tell how he was talking to him. Like it's a phone booth, Ian. It's a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of the phone, <laughs> did you catch the old couple being like, "Oh, nine one one has a busy signal." Oh what the yeah, fuck was yeah. that? <laughs> Or it's a, it's a recording. It was a recording. Nine one one's a recording. Like, what? I love. That's the movie telling you the only hope for this town is steel. <laughs> Retires a week later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets one mission and that's it. He's done. Though I guess I was also confused by the timing of the movie because it seems like Shaq has been sending this lady uh, Sparky so many letters, but I thought it had been like a week since he last saw her. Same. Yeah, I didn't. The time jump, I didn't understand. I thought maybe I he missed like a three two years later title card or something. No, nah, he was sending three letters a day. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, the music worked. I really liked the train scene. I, you know, the, those smacking together, you really felt the impact of those steel blows coming in. Um, you know, a lot of things make sense. Like, why is Shaq in that steel armor able to survive all these attacks? Well, we all know. Jet fuel cannot melt steel, so that's why he was able to survive all of these attacks. We've all read the literature. It doesn't get hot enough, so we all know why Shaq was able to Clearly. survive all of this. Uh, but again, big ups to Ray J for pulling it out and like still having a career after this. I didn't realize I said pulling it out till afterwards. Sure you didn't. Sure you didn't. Big ups. Andy, try to follow up that one. You got anything? Yeah, fill that one up. Like Ray J did. Oh. <laughs> or did ended on the last one. The last one was better. <laughs> um, I feel like this movie <laughs> might have been a slightly better if they had tried to tie it to the rest of like comic bookdom, other than like the couple of tongue in cheek like jokes that they pulled off. 
They mentioned Batman and Robin, don't they? Well, they mentioned the one kid saying he wants to be Robin, and then they mentioned the Batcave, and then somebody mentions, like, oh, you're not Superman, or anything kind of like that, but that, I mean... That could just be people reading comic books and knowing of the characters right. in like the if they fantasy world. Somehow tied it, I think, to, like, well-known comic book medium characters... You know, it's almost like DC didn't want this movie to do well because they were like, uh, yeah, don't use any of our actual stuff. <laughs> I mean, their Batman movies were already on the decline. Yeah. I like uh, uh, Superman never happened all through the 90s. I, I, and never I just got a think like out. the actual like story and motivations of the character are so much more interesting than what happened here. So what, in the movie, you mean? Yeah, like it's so much more interesting in the comic books. Like, oh, right. John right. Henry Iron's story is so much better in the comic books than what they did here. So, yeah, it would be much better if he was just talking about like, oh, Superman died. You don't even have to have a Superman in this universe or know who Superman is. Just talk about like Superman died, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Just, just, boom. A, a three minute. I don't know, inner monologue that you hear. I don't know. Because we do know Anything. Superman it, it could be done with in like this the... universe, not either fictionally or real because of the tattoo. Yeah. True. But just think like that opening segment where the smelter's going and the iron's just in the, you know, we got the gif going. Just... Take that opening segment and put some like text dialogue over it, explaining what happened to Superman no, no, and no, what's no, happening. No, no. And you got to who... be way, way more cliche about it. Newspaper headline flies by. There you go. <laughs> Daily Planet. Um, I don't know. I I did not verify this, but um, in uh, trivia that I saw somewhere, it mentions an interview with a specific place that the director did at some point later after this. So maybe it is possible to verify whether this is true or not. If not, my headcanon likes this anyway. So it said that uh, the director said that he originally wanted Wesley Snipes to play Steel. And Warner Brothers felt the casting Shaq would help sell more toys and merchandise, which is completely in line with Warner Brothers philosophy with their movies, because that's exactly what they did for those last two Batman movies. Yeah. Which also then makes me laugh because this was released in 97. And if that's true, wasn't Blade 98? What is, I thought 99. So, like, okay, so even so like, no, 98, I 99. It was actually so 97. That was like, let's get Wesley Snipes for this part. No. We'll do way better with a movie <laughs> with Shaq. And then Snipes got Blade. It was 98. So it was. It was probably being Blade was filmed. ninety eight. You were right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Being filmed while this was released. Yeah. So good on if that if that is true, good for Snipes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those things where one of them made a good movie with a good script, and the other one was one Blade. Handed... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, I, mean, I just teed that for... up. I'll take it. I I fucking hated the rifles that shot the big laser blobs or whatever the fuck they were <laughs> like the flare guns yeah the, the they looked horrible the sound effects were awful they didn't actually do any actual damage that i could tell 
other than take down the fucking helicopter, which doesn't make any sense because they don't actually do any other damage any other time. I just, I, I thought that was a really horrendous special effect. I actually kind of liked, like, the kinetic weapons. Like, the ones that would fire the, like, sonic blast or the whatever. The sonic blast stuff was apart. cool, and the... I thought that looked and cool. And the straight laser was very cool, especially when it, like, sort of cut the, the water tanker to take down the one police guy. See, I, I felt like that was really cool, but I feel like all the scenes where they're cutting through the bank vaults, it looks like they're not even moving the damn laser. It's like, this laser's doing this giant cut through the wall, and they every shot that they show of the laser, it's stationary. It costs too much money to move it. They only had $16 million. <laughs> they, they cut yeah. to a different shot, so that's how you knew it moved. <laughs> and I absolutely hated the scene where she unleashes her full... Weaponized wheelchair. Weaponized wheelchair. (laughs) Forgot about that. Where she does the whole spinning around, shooting fucking rockets and all kinds (laughs) of other fucking honky shit. Like, it was (laughs) awful. (laughs) Like, I thought they made it a point earlier in the movie that they don't kill people. Then she just goes all tornado fucking bullet storm on her. She was missing everything anyways. (laughs) And then she's she's like, you think this is fast enough? And then she uses her fucking nitro boosters and (laughs) see the bumper sticker, we break for animals. What you missed was the we always handle family issues thing on it. it like, she, oh my god, that, that scene, that end, end <laughs> battle, I guess you could call it, was just so Impressive. horribly done. No, no. <laughs> Epic, no. awe-inspiring. Yes. The <laughs> antonyms to those, yes. <laughs> Um, I don't think I have too much else I thought again I thought the music we talked about that I thought the music was a weird choice for most of the movie like it just whatever was going on the music did not fit whatever was on the screen at the time Um, some of the effects were fine like I thought like again I thought the the kinetic sonic blast things were cool Um, that's about it I don't know I don't know how I feel about Shaq's costume like the steel costume looked the helmet. There's something about the helmet I thought looked weird. Everything else looked fine, I think, to me. But the it didn't look the like, helmet on him. I don't know if just the design. It looked like a cowl. Like it, didn't it, it kept like, reminded me of like Batman's cowl yeah, somehow. It didn't look like metal. Yeah, and maybe that's where I was getting hung. Like it. I guess I'm just used to maybe thinking of like an Iron Man mask, and they just didn't look that shape or or look. I don't know. Too weird. Took me out of it. I don't know. That that reminds me. Um, wouldn't he have made like a whole fuck ton more noise just running? You'd think, yeah. <laughs> Just I don't know, special moving. alloy doesn't doesn't make the noise that n- normal steel does. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Sure. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's all I got. Superhero uh, alloy then. <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess we'll we'll wrap up with the the question of <laughs> does this movie hold up or do you think it ever held up? Uh, we'll start with Andy. What do you think? No. <laughs> I, I don't think it ever held up. Uh, and I think I was able to detect this when it came out and <laughs> saw parts of it on, I'm assuming, HBO. And yeah, I'm going to turn this immediately off. So, uh, Mike, what do you think? Hold up? Do you think it ever held up? In 1997, would this have held up? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> the, 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 like, I just was looking up very quickly. 
1997 movies that do hold up, The Fifth Element and Men in Black, are two really good examples of movies from that year that hold up and remove the excuses of, oh, it's, you know, they, you know, the 90s and they didn't have the technology. Yes, they did. The technology the was there. Was the those, budget. Well, no, but the budget and the commitment to the content wasn't there in the first place. Yeah. Which means it doesn't hold up. Does it hold up today? No, it didn't hold up originally. It can't hold up now. It's <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Uh, so I'm also going to remark that apparently Spawn was released two weeks before this. Oh, that's right. We did talk about Spawn. That was 97 as well. Yeah. Um, I would say no and no, but I have seen things fail at that harder. That's fair. Yes. I would agree to that. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Oh, hell yeah. This is one of the better movies we've watched. <laughs> um, this easily snaps the pieces, the TMNT quadrilogy I've been forced to sit through. <laughs> this is a pretty great action flick with Shaquille O'Neal doing his damnedest to, you know, really get in there and really do a role, you know, that Wesley Snipes probably couldn't do and why he had to move on to something like Blade. And, you know, that's also showing, you know, Shaq did the superhero thing first, you know? Like Ray J, he hit it first. <laughs> that's right, Kanye. Still going. Um, yeah, I my quick answer is no. I don't think it ever held up. I don't think it holds up now. It's it's not 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 good. It's very not good. Uh, all right, so we're gonna, I'm revisiting the Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Critic rating, again, is 12%. Audience rating is 19%. And then we're going to wrap up with our rating out of 10. So let me know if you think you're ra- you would agree with some of the meta- the Rotten Tomatoes ratings and what your rating out of 10 is. Uh, start with you, Josh. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I understand the ratings. I don't know if I would go that harshly. Uh, we always forget to do this and kind of like try to re-reference our previous stuff ahead of time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the lowest thing generally that all of us have rated was Captain America from 1990. Not me. All, well, I mean, g- generally. All but two of us. Okay. And it, it had very, very low scores. Like it, somebody gave it like a half a point. Um, that was me. Someone gave it a quarter point. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I think it is a cut above that. I think it's kind of like this is for me in like Swamp Thing 2 territory. <laughs> Somewhere around oh, no, that. And I don't two. remember what that was. So I'll just say like uh, three. Worse than Swamp Thing 2. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Swamp Thing 2 did ten. have Heather Locklear. So just. um, So the critic ratings, they're they're too high. <laughs> but then again, this is Rotten Tomatoes. That's just a percentage of the critic ratings that are positive. Yes. It's not necessarily saying that that could be like only, what was it on Rotten Tomatoes? 12% of critics? For um, critics, yes. I mean, you yeah, still so only 12% high. of critics gave it a uh, any points at all. Um, But for, for me, um, yeah, we're, we're going bottom of the barrel here. This is a goose egg. I cannot find a zero yes i cannot find anything redeemable or worth there is no desire in me to ever see a moment of this movie again for any possible (laughs) discernible reason 
Out of this all the is... stuff we watched, it still kind of boggles my mind that this is the one that got a zero from you. Can can I Why? can I ask a question, Ian? If you happen to have it in front of you, what is Mike's otherwise lowest scored movie? Kitchen, Captain America. At at what value? Oh, I thought I gave the kitchen lower. Than no, you point. gave Captain America a quarter point. Quarter point. Okay, so I I'm only to potentially because we got a lot more movies to get through eventually. <laughs> Just to give yourself room for maybe something that you end up thinking is worse. You can't go lower than zero. A zero just means there's no redeemable qualities to it for me. Which, which is fair. Like, I literally don't think as a movie there's any redeemable quality to this at all. Touche. So if I give something else a zero, that just means I also think it is that horrible. Fair. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... Like it, Captain America, that point two five, that quarter of a point, I think it it, it earned that with its. It didn't. It like it, there was. I can't say a positive thing about that movie either, but I could see myself. You gave it maybe that because like of the giving intro another music laugh. That's, that inspired the later Captain America music theme music. Is that what I did? Yes. <laughs> you have a memory like a steel trap, sir. Thank you. Or he's making it up. We have no idea. That's just what he does. <laughs> I I know that sounds correct. But yeah, this is, again, this intro music sounds like the Superman music, and this is why it gets a zero. I'll go to this route. <laughs> the Superman music that was that it, this sounds like was already in existence. This did not inspire something it stole from. And Shaq zero. never got sick once in this movie. <laughs> what? Like Captain America? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me to remember things about Captain America. Watch that movie that... six times. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You did. All right, Andy, uh, out of ten, and what do you think of the Rotten Tomatoes rating? Uh, I, I think they're probably a little harsher than I would give it credit for. Um, it was actually somewhat of an enjoyable watch only in the fact that we were laughing at all the stuff that was happening <laughs> it shouldn't have been like wasn't intended to be laughed at um yeah so i'm actually right in line with josh to give it a three because it, it, we did enjoy poking fun of fun at everything so i feel like it was bad enough to sort of come back around and be watchable just yeah. to make fun of it all right ian so what do you got? This movie was like everyone's like, oh, this is gonna be horrible. Brian stopped doing his podcast for like five months because of the show. <laughs> it's um, true. I I was, so I was giving him very low expectations when I watched it, and I came out being like, I'm like, I was engaged throughout. I was like, this is way better than any movie with four Green Brothers that puts me to sleep five minutes in. This was a fantastic <laughs> watch. This gets a seven point two because as I always say, the critics don't know what they're talking about. I always count on you to look at the bright side on some of these movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do think the critic thing, the the Rotten Tomatoes ratings did. I think I agree with these with uh, Josh and Andy. I think they did come in a little bit low. Um, I was trying to figure out where I'm gonna fall because, like, I mean, my bar for the worst movie I think we've watched is Captain America, and this is not Captain America. The this does have a few things redeeming. I think um, it's still not something I think I'll go out of my way to ever watch again, but. And I think I could probably get some enjoyment out of it, like Andy said, to at least laugh at some stuff that happened and, so, and stuff that goes on. Um, 
I'm going to give it a uh, 2.5 out of 10. Just as good as TMNT3. Great. That, yeah, you know what? That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> that's on par for me. Um, all right, so that concludes our discussion for Steel. So now we get to go to the Wheel of Fate, the Wheel of Fate. to pick our next movie. Uh, so again, as I mentioned earlier, the wheel features three franchises and three standalone movies. So the idea has always been to try to keep a variety of stuff going on the wheel. So we're still, I don't know how many episodes we had, close to 20 or something. This, this is 20. Or 20. Okay. Um, so we're still, I think, feel like trying to get a feel for how this wheel works and what we end up watching. So at some point we might change the, the weighted stuff or, or what we pick for the wheel. But right now we got three franchises and three standalones. So our three franchises that are currently still on the wheel are Ghost Rider. We still have two more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to get through, and Ghost in the Shell. Uh, the three franchises that are on the wheel right now are Speed Racer is a holdout, Supergirl is a holdout, and replacing Steel is 1985's Red Sonia. Yeah. So, all right. At this point, I have to kind of hoping for Turtles wheel. just so we can get it off the wheel. It's it's held up the wheel for quite some time. It's held a spot for so long. I can't All remember. Right, Has Turtles been there since the the very beginning? Yep. Yep. My God, your <laughs> wheel's small. Well, I can't. You can't make it bigger. It's, you're stuck with it now. That's that's what it is. I can't even read that shit. That's what he said. Well, when the movie picks, it should should you should see the title. Ray Chase was, was much bigger. Yeah. It... <laughs> Uh, all right, any guesses for what we land on red here? Red Sonia, because it's red. Supergirl. I'm actually good with everything guess... we have right now. What's the white one? I still think that you can't even read. White one. Speed, speed racer. racer. Oh, it's gray. Yeah, gray is Speed Racer. Yes. All right, spin the wheel. I mean, if we get Ghost Rider, that's one then more, but that's franchise. like a whole franchise spot gone. Yeah, it knocks that Ghost... Okay, yeah, Spirit of Vengeance is the next one up, so that would knock out Ghost Rider. I would. I really want another Turtles movie, obviously. Or Speed Racer. I think Speed Racer would be cool. Uh-oh. Oh, Red yeah. Sonia. Red Sonia, it is. Right. <laughs> this might be our quickest turnaround. It got right on the wheel and got right off the wheel. I think we've had that maybe I thought we once, had that problem for a while. Where it was happening every so often, <laughs> where like it seemed like a few times that happened. Yeah, but I don't know. I could be misremembering. Well, we know what's next. That's what we have to look forward to. 1985's Red Sonia. I'm pumped. I love that movie, starring Brigitte Nielsen and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you've seen? Have you guys seen this movie before? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have. I don't think I knew Schwarzenegger was in it. Yeah, I have not seen. I knew I uh, Nielsen to was the star. Whole though. podcast about it, so I know all about this movie. <laughs> I, I think they actually just resurrected Red Sonia's comic book back up too. That's been running for years now, so I get it every month. Okay, for like five, six years now. Maybe I just recently found out that it's still going. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the accurate thing. Um, all right, so that concludes our latest Rewind Theater. So if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. You can follow us, uh, hopefully, wherever you find podcasts. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher. Uh, check us out there. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. Leave us a question, comment, topic suggestion, any of that stuff there. 
Uh, try to email us, brightguyssuperfriends at gmail.com. I've checked it recently within the last month or two. Still nothing, so it's fine. You, you know, don't send it. I won't check it again for a while, so don't send us anything there. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperfriends. That will check. I, I can see those. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch at JediBryGuy. Uh, we did our 250th episode on Twitch. The VOD is still there if you would like to check it out. It is on my page. Uh, technical difficulties and all, four and a half hours worth. It's it's a doozy. Um, if we ever decide to do live show again, we'll do it there. If I ever want to stream gameplay and stuff, I will do it there. So if you want to check us out doing some other stuff, that's cool. Uh, and that's it for us. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.